welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my strikingly brilliant co-host, Court Winsett. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay, opening bell? Opening bell. So, today, talk about credit cards. We are finally, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally going to talk about credit cards. This has probably been the most teased episode ever <laughs> because it seems like every single episode we do, credit cards come up and we're like, oh, but we're going to do a whole episode about that. Okay, so when we're talking about this, and go with me, everybody, Adam and Eve. What about them? Garden of Eden. Yeah, there. So, there's a place. you know, you could have anything in the garden. I heard it was pretty. Yep, yep. You can have anything in the garden. Yep. Do not touch the tree with forbidden fruit. Right. Well, what do they want? Temptation. It's right there. They want that fruit. Obviously, the forbidden fruit. And for you that don't know Adam and Eve's story, which check yourself, make sure you understand that first, but it's kind of related to the whole what's going on in social media. These parents are tormenting their children, putting candy in front of them, putting a video camera and saying, now don't eat that till I come back. And a lot of kids are failing at this. That's so just it's just, mean. it's temptation out there. So yeah. speaking of temptation court, Temptation. Basically, the the idea is, you know, credit card for a lot of people is 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 kind of like that forbidden fruit. It's that temptation because it's just this this thing sitting out there. You can get a credit card with a fifteen thousand dollar limit and go out and buy everything you want. Mm-hmm. So it's a temptation, and it's it's sort of a temptation that you uh, that we highly recommend you resist. But just like credit cards, uh, you know, temptations they're out there. So we were thinking we would do top five temptations as our top five this week, but. We decided that that was a little bit too much. Uh, we, we couldn't really come up with old temptations. I, 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 frankly, I don't want to be divulging to y'all what all I'm tempted by. So <laughs> We want y'all to know us, but not know yeah. us know us. <laughs> so instead, we're doing top five guilty pleasures. So it's temptation-related guilty pleasures. Katie, what are your top five guilty pleasures? Okay, so I had, had to think real hard about this and kind of do some Googling of what people classify as guilty pleasures. So this is what I guess I'm going to classify as that. Dancing around my house, jamming out to Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, which are awesome. And then there is another little group that pops up on this playlist that I know has a lot of issues and controversy around it, which I still don't understand. Nickelback. Look at this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Animal on Nickelback. I love it. But yeah, that that has to be my number one, rocking out to some of those great bands. Oh. I don't care what you say, they're great. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 Nickelback. And honestly, I would love to actually give you grief about Nickelback because they are like the world's most reviled band, but I kind of like them too, so I can't say anything. Uh, well, my dad made a bet with me when I was probably like 10 or so and said, I will pay you $50 if in 10 years you can tell me all of the Spice Girls' names. And I said, like their real names or real their, names, their stage names, names, all of that. Okay. And of course, you know, jokes on him because then they come out with their whole revival. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ha ha, dad, Spice Girls still live on. Okay, sorry. Moving to my next guilty pleasure, number two. I love binging shows. I think everybody else right now is streaming. Yeah, loves absolutely. binging shows. But I'm bad about Googling what happens, mm. especially those shows where they're stringing you along. And are they going to get together? Are they not? Are they going to kill somebody? What is it? I'm bad about Googling what happens. I will touch on this during my uh, during my <laughs> segment because uh, you are very much like my daughter. And I have things that I say to her when she does that. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, third, TCBY. 
the country's best yogurt. Did you know that TCBY... this can't be yogurt? Well, it yeah. started off as this can't be yogurt, and then they got sued. Oh. Uh, and so they changed it to the country's best yogurt. But it's it's just TCBY. But why is that a guilty pleasure? Because it, it goes back to when I was a kid, and it would be if you had a bad day or... If you had an accomplishment, something happened, that was your treat. It was TCBY. Right, but it so, was yogurt. It was healthy. I know, but yeah, but I get the little peanut butter chips on top of it. Um. And sometimes Oreo crunch is on there. So, I mean, come on. As an adult, I feel like I shouldn't be like, oh, I had a bad day. I need TCBY now. But I still definitely do that. Number four, I love peanut butter. I've always loved peanut butter. But um, I have a bad habit of getting a jar of peanut butter. And just having it under my desk with the spoon still in it. And, you know, when you need a little bite of protein. As an adult, I can say it's protein. Mm. Yeah, I'm having protein, okay? Yeah. So it's not gross. I'm just having a little scoop of protein real fast. I went through a stage where I was running a lot. I don't run anymore, but I did go through a stage where I was running a lot. And I remember when I realized that a lot of runners advocate carrying Reese's peanut butter cups with you because it's it's a good mid-race snack. And I was Mm -hmm. like... I have an excuse to eat Reese's peanut butter. Yes. Okay, my last one, hoarding clothes that, uh, you know, may not fit or maybe out of style or anything like that. Because you never know when you might need that piece of clothes to create a new costume. I mean, I go up and down in weight so much. I'm not getting rid of clothes just because I either lost a lot of weight and they're too big for me or gained a lot of weight and they're too small for me. Because you never know when I'm going to lose weight again or gain weight again. I lost a bunch of weight at the first part of this year. And then since... Since the uh, since the events that have unfolded unfolded, I've basically just gained all of the weight back oh, very, gosh. very quickly. Because all I do now is eat takeout food. What are your guilty pleasures? Well, uh, I wish that I could say that uh, I was felt guilty about eating a bunch of takeout food, but don't. I don't feel guilty <laughs> about that. I'm going to eat my takeout food, so that's not one of them. No, number one on my list is basically every TV show on The CW. I am... A 46 going on 47 year old man and I watch all of the CW shows and I am I feel very bad about that but I mean I'm talking like all the 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 stuff that's just straight up for teenage girls uh or, Some or good stuff. kids whatever I mean you know I watch the flash I watch you know Riverdale I watch them all and I've been watching <laughs> CW shows for years and years and years I mean it goes back to uh, you know, back when WB was showing Buffy and Gilmore Girls and stuff like that. Oh, you got to mention then, your girl you know, Buffy. You know, I, it moved it moved into CW and I'm still watching all of that same stuff. So guilty pleasure number one. Guilty pleasure number two. Okay, so you went with bands. I'll go with a, uh, with a, a musician that I'm kind of feel guilty about. That's Taylor Swift. Uh, oh, again, T-Swizzle. I mean, I'm going to go right back to the whole thing that I said before, which is basically 46-year-old man... And I'm listening to Taylor Swift. I think that's enough said right there. Um, <laughs> number C. Uh, number three. <laughs> number C. <laughs> um, okay, so I have this thing for like sappy 70s, 80s movies that, that I, I just... Like John Hughes. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking like way. I, I, listen, I would not feel guilty about liking a John Hughes <laughs> film. I am I am a film Wait, so buff. you like sappy, but you hate tearjerkers. I do hate tearjerkers because that, that's because they're they're emotionally manipulative most of the time. I mean, they 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 do it on purpose. They're trying to make you cry. You can you can just watch the beats in the movie and go, oh yeah, they want us to cry there. No, I'm not going to cry. I feel like you're very no. What sensitive. I'm talking about is stuff like um, Ice Castle. 
Ice Castles was this movie about a a, a girl who was this up and coming um, ice skater. Oh uh, yeah, and I know what you're talking about. Now. She fell on the ice, bumped her head, went blind, couldn't skate anymore, and then it's a whole redemption thing. And at the end, she skates again. And it's a spoiler alert, but it's a really really old movie. Stuff like that, and Somewhere in Time, which was a Christopher Reeve movie. I watch TV shows like The Bachelor, so I'm, uh, you know, and I didn't used to. I used to resist that, but my number four would have to be The Bachelor. I, still I used to have resist never it seen so an hard, but then, you know, when you see coverage about it constantly, you can't help but check it out. And no, then, you you can. I do. I have never seen it. My last one is, you know, guilty pleasure. Listen, you're going and eating yogurt and calling that a guilty pleasure. What I do is I buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's and sit down and eat the entire pint in one sitting. And I only do this like once in a in a. And watch Bridget Jones' Diary. I do. I I mean, I I have watched Bridget Jones' Diary, but no. Usually, I'll be eating a pint of ice cream and watching Battlestar Galacta or something, you know, or Or Terminator or Alien, something very manly. (laughs) (laughs) That's my top five, Katie. Okay, so we told you about our guilty pleasures. And again, we're saying that because of credit cards, a lot of times people put it as temptations. They represent that they a may, huge temptation. Yeah, they may be the ones that finance their guilty pleasures. I'll be looking on Amazon going, man, I want that whatever so bad, but it's $1,000 and I can't afford that. And I'm like, well, I have it. Oh, got this little magic card in your hand. Yeah, but I always resist. Oh, yeah. So what I thought would be fun is let's talk about the history of credit cards because I was very fascinated to hear about this and hopefully you guys will be as well. But it's so it hasn't always been this perfect little plastic card. Of course, nowadays it's PayPal, it's Venmo, it's all electronic. It's not even cards. Yeah, it's loaded onto your phone or your watch or whatever it may be. But so I want to kind of take everybody back. Let's go back in time. It all started thinking about Western expansion. Merchants could use credit coins, charge plates, which I'm going to explain what those are in a second, to extend credit to local farmers and ranchers. So that would allow them to get what they needed to get, pay their bills, until they harvested their crops, until they sold their cattle. So it really was the first part of that of like, hey, we'll make sure that you can still feed your family because we know that you're going to come back and give us your profits from your crops and your cattle. So it's like when you, you when you watch the old timey TV shows and they, you see them, you see a like paw walk into the, the general store on Little House or something like that. Yeah. You know? And he and he puts it on credit, you know. He's like, "Yeah, charge it to my account." You know, that's 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 the original. That's the precursor for the the cards that are now the bane of our existence. Yeah. So, in eighteen sixty five, the charge coin. It's an actual little coin was first issued. It was mainly with department stores, but these were the first form of. They were made out of the first form of plastic, which was called celluloid. And then there's copper, aluminum, steel, metal, but it was about the size of a half dollar. Came in various shapes and sizes and designs. And so they would actually put, you know, their cool logos on it. And so look it up. It's very cool. But from that, it turned to the charge plates. That so came people out. carried around these coins. They carried out these coins and it would go with the department store. So it's the same philosophy with the whole put it on my tab. But now they have a coin to represent their, their tab. Account number, yeah, their account something number. Something like that. Okay, cool. So it went from those coins which were kind of like, you know, what you would think of a half dollar, to the things called charge plates. Mm -hmm. And they were about the size of a dog tag. And these were issued by department stores and even some oil companies. So again, it's the same thing of using them, having your account information on there. Very cool. You know, we don't have to carry on dog tags anymore. We've, We've advanced. Yeah. Then in 1882, American Express was first around... 
as a rival of the U.S. Postal Service. That's <laughs> that's actually kind of hilarious to me because now one of the Postal Service's biggest rivals is Federal Express, which of course was started by Fred Smith in the 70s. But American Express, which we think of as a credit card company, originally started off as a rival to the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, they started out in 1850 <laughs> as an express delivery company, and then they didn't switch into financial industry until 1882, and that's when they started out with money orders. Mm. So then just another, we're getting a little step closer. Yeah. And then it was in 1891, American Express started doing traveler's checks. Yes. I remember huge, traveler's checks. Because no one wanted to be traveling, you know, having mm-hmm. the cash. They wanted to have those traveler checks. I thought this was really interesting. So in 1899, there was the first case of identity theft using a credit card or using a charge card. Okay. So what it was is there was a carriage company and they decided they wanted to make these credit cards, these charge cards. I wonder if I should, I mean, I'm I'm not going to because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be this big of a jerk, but you know, a carriage company, isn't that kind of like an old timey jargon right there? It was their mode of transportation. It was what they would use to help take their, you know, their product across or to take people to different towns. And so this was something that obviously this businessman had a relationship with a carriage company, a transportation company. Mm. Maybe think about it that way. Okay. And so it almost looked like a streetcar pass. This company decided, oh, we're going to issue these to our big customers. And it would be something that they could charge it on and they'd have to pay it completely at the end of the month. Same with the mom and pop credit stores and stuff like that. You have to go in and pay it off once a month. Okay. Fully. There was no revolving credit that we're going to talk about with when we get to credit cards. Okay. This was optioned out to his client. So this particular client decided he didn't want this card. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't want credit. I'll just pay when I use it. So he threw it in the trash. Well, someone picked it up. <laughs> so he got a bunch of free rides. So that, 1899 people, that was the first Identity theft. Amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, the, the the idea that this is something that's new that's happening. We we think it's like new to our age and no. it's been going on for, for over a century now. That's crazy. Yeah. So 1914, we kind of start getting a little bit moving on. More department stores are having these cards. Oil companies taking a little step further. But it would be that the stores would have a card that was just for their particular store. Yeah. So you you went there, your company there. I, I mean, it, they still have store specific cards now, but mm-hmm. I remember when it was a, a like a much bigger thing. You, you I, when I was growing up, there were cards. I think my mom had a card for pretty much every store we went to, and yeah. you know, so Cecil's, Dillard's, Goldsmiths. I mean, just anywhere you can imagine that 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 we would frequent uh, on a regular basis, she had a card for it, and. and she may have had a, a, a master charge or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't rightly know, <laughs> but I know I remember her cards for every single store that she had. Yeah. So how this would work is it was it was still those charge plates they were giving people, but and we haven't even gotten to like the plastic. Yeah, we cards haven't yet. got. Oh no, no, we're still on the the dog tag charge plates. Okay. But a lot of places would do it that if you know I was walking into a department store and wanted to buy Christmas gifts. A lot of times it wasn't that I actually had the charge plate. It would be that they would look up under a, you know, they had filing cabinets or something like that that had that charge plate in there, had my name, had my address, had it linked of, you know, what my charges were on there, go in there, they'd put it on there, and then you'd settle up at the end of the month. Hmm. But so that's where it really kept, you know, advancing. But that's, we're still 
you know, we're still in the 1935-1950 time frame. We're doing charge plates. Well, they did. so when do we get to the, the next step in the evolution? So, 1946. Charge it! I know a lot of people hear that phrase. And they think that, you know, oh, that's what you do when you want, you have a splurge purchase you want. Be like, oh, I really want those pair of shoes. Charge it! No, just, <laughs> no impulse, temptation, guilty pleasure, all the way. Mm. Okay, so let me explain charge it. Brooklyn Banker, we're in 1946. John Biggins, he introduced a card that allowed customers to charge purchases through local merchants in the neighborhood. But he was smart because it was they had to have an account at his bank. So local banker says to his his customers, hey, I'll give you this card. And then he goes to all the local merchants in the mm-hmm. same neighborhood and says, hey, I gave my clients these cards. And if they give their card to you, you just let me know and I'll yeah. give you their money. Yep, because they have an account there. Absolutely. Cool, cool. So he did this, and then five years later, New York's Franklin National Bank followed with its first charge card. So it took five years for them seeing what John Biggins was doing for them. For to somebody to it. basically pick up on the trend. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, now post war America. Here we are. The Diner Club card, nineteen fifty. Diners Club. Diners Club. I, you know, I I have seen so many references to this card in movies and so forth. Oh, yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I I, think of that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the first one that comes to mind. But I don't ever remember. I mean, I guess my parents probably had one, but I don't remember it. So it it was actually a piece of cardboard used to charge entertainment and travel experiences and expenses. And it all came about because this gentleman was a businessman. He was on a lunch. He had forgotten his wallet. And was embarrassed. He didn't have his money with him. So he got together with one of his buddies and decided this would be a card we needed. This was Frank McNamara, Frank right? McNamara, yes. Okay. This is where he wanted to make sure that people had an opportunity to pay for their lunches, pay for their entertainment. So it's the first credit card widespread use, the Diners Club card. Amazing. I mean, it's crazy. And it really probably launched the entertainment and the dining industry because it was helping spread those. I just, you know, I I remember watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and seeing him pull out his Diners Club card. Diners Club card. And, you know, giving it to the, the hotel person. That, and I was thinking to myself, I always figured that Diners Club card was like specifically for... A, like Denny's. <laughs> a, well, a Diners yeah, Club. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just some sort of... Some sort of group of diners or restaurants, and that was the all the, the only places that it would be used. But then he pulls it out of a hotel, and I was like, wait a second, Steve, can you do that? And apparently you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is something, it was, again, it was, it was called a credit card, but it was really a charge card, because you had to pay it fully at the end of the month. Okay, so we're distinguishing between credit card and charge card by basically saying that a charge card is pay off at the end of the month. Yes. A credit card... Let you roll that balance. Yeah. So, so the purchases made on this card were made on credit, but it was technically charge card because you had to pay you had to pay your debt by the okay. end of the month. So you didn't have to you 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 didn't have to pay interest. There was no month. interest. Okay. There was none of that. You okay. had to pay it off. So and we it, real we still really haven't gotten to the devil card yet. No, we haven't gotten to the devil magic card yet. Okay. So yeah, by 1951, 20,000 card holders out there had this fabulous Diners Club card, and um. 1955, so, you know, we're taking a little bit longer. It was the first time that they made the patent for gas pumps to actually take credit cards. Mm -hmm. 
So before that, everyone, you've got to have your cash. You've got to still be able to pay for your gas. Of course, I, Gas pumps, they actually, back in, you said 1955? 1955, they, they had, had the had first a, patent to have a credit card with a gas pump. Could actually be used at the pump. That could be, somehow the pump could take, could accept the credit card. That's Is that what, what I'm That's what history's telling me. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's still kind of a newer thing. Yeah. But, um, I think that's still, you think about at that point, it was still the, somebody who came out and pumped your gas for you and took care of it. Yeah. So and they had just, the little, the little thing that they stuck the card in and yep. you know, I'd, Back then, the cards didn't even have magnetic strips. Oh, yeah, that's I'm getting to that. Oh, one. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, am I jumping so, ahead? <laughs> yeah, you're jumping ahead. So, 58 Bank AmeriCard. Bank AmeriCard. They decided to mail out sixty thousand cards to Californians. Just, just all of just, the just mailed them out. Just mailed them out to them. Where and are we going to send these, sir? We're going to send them to California. <laughs> Where in California? All of the California. What do you mean, all of the California? Just send them. Pick these 60,000 Californians <laughs> and send them out there, kid. Okay, was, sir. But this was a huge <laughs> pilot program. It was They were sending it out there, seeing who would bite on it, because this was the first revolving credit program. Okay, so... So, by revolving... You mean, this, this is this is where we're talking about the devil card. Yes. We finally this, got to the devil card. You are allowed to pay down over time. You are allowed to carry that balance over. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so while Bank AmeriCard sent this out first in 58 to the Californians, the 60,000 cards, it was their back. American Express card was officially launched October 1st, 1958. Hmm. They came out with their, they saw that measly 60,000 and said, ha, 250,000 cards with 17,500 establishments signed on to accept it. Okay, but... Back to the distinction that you were making between a charge card and Mm -hmm. a credit card. The original American Express card, unless I am very, very, very mistaken, actually, you with the original American Express card, you had to pay the balance off at the end of every month. It was not something where you could carry a balance on it. So were they really the original credit card, or was it this Bank AmeriCharge? The Bank, people? the Bank AmeriCharge was the first. They, they're Bank the Ameri-card. ones that. Sorry, not AmeriCharge, AmeriCard. Yeah, AmeriCharge, <laughs> AmeriCard. <laughs> they were the first. Okay. But so American Express was the first one to go plastic. Oh. Yes. Boom! Drop mic. Yep, in 59, they replaced that cardboard that I'm sure everyone was glad to get rid of. It had to wear out quickly. It had to, and bend in your wallet or something yeah. like that. Gets a drink spilled on it. But yeah, so they, they went to plastic, which was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And then from then, major banks started launching their own consumer cards and revolving debt, having that just blew up. Mm-hmm. It went everywhere. So Bank AmeriCard was the first licensed general purpose credit card, eventually named... Yes. Visa. Oh, so Visa. Visa's the number one. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. You know, I, for a long time, have you ever heard of um, Master Charge? Yes. Okay. So obviously now we know Mastercard, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And but I could have sworn to you that I remembered a time when it was called Master Charge, and and I thought that I was suffering from some sort of you know hallucination where I was the only person <laughs> in the world that that. That, but no, I am right. It it started off as Master Charge and then changed to Master Card later. Well, and before that, it was actually Interbank. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was the second. That was a little bit of an evil laugh. <laughs> but it was the, it was the second credit card to come out after Bank of Card, which then turned into Visa. Okay. So Mastercard really was then the second. Okay. Because Mastercard. yes, you're right with Amex, American Express. Mm-hmm. That was still it. While it was out there and had all these people that would back it, it did not have the revolving credit at that point. I got you. Okay, you already asked me about this. IBM created the magnetic strip in 1970. Finally. Yes, and that came out because of credit card fraud. Even though poor old boy back in, what, 1899? I mean, he already had credit card fraud, but it took us until 1970 to get this magnetic strip because we're now worried about credit card fraud. Now. Oh, now you're worried about now it. Now we're worried. and But that's, you know, then we've unveiled starting to work with airlines. That's, you know, there's there's another step in it. We start working with our airlines. And the first rewards program Mm -hmm. was with American Airlines in 1981. And they used with their cards, you would get the frequent flyer miles and the credits and rewards for that. So So that's, I mean, you know, that's one of our favorite things about credit cards. One of the reasons that we do not discourage people from using credit cards is the entire idea of... The rewards. The rewards. You know, you can get free stuff for using other people's money, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. You borrow other people's money for 30 days to 45 days, and you get free stuff for it. Absolutely. What's wrong with that? Yeah, so 81 brought on the frequent flyer miles and that rewards point. And it was 1986, Discover, at the Super Bowl, you know, back in 86, the commercials were just as big a deal as they are now. But they decided to unveil that Discover had partnered up with Sears to advertise a new all-purpose credit card with cash back bonuses. Mm. That's huge. That is huge. Side note, it was also, that was the Super Bowl, speaking of huge, that had uh, the refrigerator Perry in it on the Chicago Bulls. And, Ah. you you know, that they, they, you know, it looked like this team that was just going to be unstoppable for years and years and years. They won that one Super Bowl. They were the biggest thing since sliced bread. And then they all disappeared. It was crazy. But, but I do like that since 1986, we know that. Credit card commercials are all over the Super Bowl, and they're sponsoring all the sporting events. They knew that was the target market. Mm. So you could finance your tickets for the Super Bowl tickets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're kind of getting towards where we really are about to be now. In 2002, they introduced the mini card trend, which I think went away very fast. And then 07, Capital One actually introduced where you could have a personalized little picture of your cute little dog or cat or wife or something like that on your card. I ha- I used to have a Capital One credit card and I had a picture on my Capital One credit card that made me very happy every day. I loved that picture. <laughs> and then finally, 2015, the chip. We switched from swiping to the actual chip, which doesn't seem like it was like that's five years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know what's interesting about that, the whole swiping versus chip thing I now have credit cards that don't have a magnetic strip, and I stick it into the machine for it to read my chip, mm-hmm. and it'll say, chip malfunction, please swipe. And I'm like, what do you swipe? What? I can't swipe. I don't have anything to swipe. What the heck is this about? And it makes me sad. <laughs> so who knows what the future is going to be as far as credit cards. It may be like a, a blood sample, a DNA tap. Who knows what it's going to be? I keep waiting for them to just record my my retinal scan and, you know, I'll be able to like stare at the Coke machine and it'll spit out a Coke and charge me. Yeah, like I think yeah. it was Minority Report where like he walked in there and they were like, oh, thank you for your last purchase. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I don't need you announcing at the store what I just bought. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so hopefully this was interesting to you, given the history of credit cards and kind of how it came from those little coins and those charge plates that you would have to what we know now of the plastic credit cards, the chips, to Venmo, to PayPal, to what we do now. Your your Apple Pay, you know, <laughs> swipe your phone, hold your watch up to a machine, have them, you know, walk into a store and have them announce that the last time you were there, you bought whatever you bought, Katie. Yep. So the magic card, the temptation. We've the got devil's a- <laughs> card. I'm going to keep calling it the devil's card until you tell me to stop. So we keep telling you that credit cards are not the evil. And so now we're going to talk a little bit more about reality of what the credit cards are now. It's your license to spend money. You are given this golden ticket, this golden card mm-hmm. that has set a, an amount on it. And you can spend that. Yes. And they're just like, here, you can spend $10,000, Court. Go have fun. Go enjoy. Temptation. I mean, you give me a card and tell me, hey, you can go to Target and spend $10,000 at Target. And I'm going to be like, oh, that's that's a very, very tempting offer. I think I might have to take you up on that. Because when you go to Target, you're, you're going to spend that $10,000 because it's that $10,000 is not in your pocket. It's free. Yeah. It's absolutely free. <laughs> it's other people's money and it's also not free but it's you know in your head you're thinking i've got this credit card and i'll just give it to them and then they'll let me and i can pay it back later exactly you're you're able to have this card you can buy what you want because you don't have to have that money in your pocket you've got it on a card you have a grace period which is the period of time from when you purchase it to when you have to when you're charged for it essentially on your card yes so depending on what it is 30 45 days so like if you charge if you if you just started a, a period a billing period for your credit card and you charge a uh, billing period lasts 30 days basically I think 30 31 yeah. days something like that. So and you charge something at the very beginning of your billing period. Then at the end of your billing peri- period they're going to say, "Okay. Uh, your billing period is over. Here is your bill that $100 that you charged at the very beginning of the 30-day the billing period. That is now due and payable, and you owe it to us by, you know, 15 days from now. Yeah. So, all in all, you've gotten $100 that you spent 30 days ago, mm-hmm. which you don't have to pay back for another 15 days. So, you get 45 days where you have used that $100 that belonged to someone else to your benefit. And as long as you pay it off, when they tell you it is due to be paid off, it has cost you nothing. But, right? There's a but. There's Uh, there's always always a but. but. Okay. But if you don't pay it all off, they're going to charge you some interest. Oh, yeah. They're going to charge you. And even if you just do a minimum payment, it it comes back to you. But so, yeah, when you were telling this, I'm thinking, okay, so you had a nice meal, $100 worth. You've had at the beginning of your billing cycle. You come back to it. So that meal's already gone. It's digested. It's out of your system. You've forgotten all about it. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, now i got to pay for it. Yes. So it's kind of that monthly reminder of, oh, what did I did? I like, I blacked out and charged all this stuff. Oh, dang you, Amazon Prime. Dang you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, we got to talk about the positives as well. It is that nice little snapshot that shows you, this is where I spent my money. Mm-hmm. It organizes your expenses. They now have where it'll sit there and categorize, you know, here, here's your grocery items, here's your entertainment items, here's this. And it, at the end of the year, it'll tell you how much money you spent on Big Macs. Way back at the <laughs> beginning of the episode, we we're talking about guilty pleasures. You want to talk about guilty pleasures, you can look at your credit cards, 
your 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 history at the end of the year, and you can see just how much you spent on your guilty pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> you can go. Oh gosh, I need to break up with Clarkville Nutrition Spot because I've spent way too much money on teas. <laughs> but they're delicious. They're delicious. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe one of the things that uh, that that I I like is um, that our that our boss David Pickler says is. You know, credit cards have basically allowed you to finance a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're basically borrowing money to pay for a burger. Yep. <laughs> and if you don't pay that off at the end of the month when you get charged and they say you have to pay this by this time or we're going to charge you 16% interest. If you don't pay that off, then you are you have actually financed a Big Mac. Yep. You're going to have to pay more than what you originally purchased it for. That's insane. Okay, I feel like we're being negative about credit cards again. I'm going to get into the positive, but before I get there, let's talk about secured credit cards. Okay, what is a secured credit card? So last time we talked about those that have no credit or negative credit. So a secured credit card is something to help them out. And it's where they'll find a company, a bank or something like that. And you would actually deposit with them 100%, 200% of what credit you were wishing to have. So if you wanted a credit card with $1,000 on it, you need to deposit $1,000 with them. They're essentially going to hold on to it in hoping... Okay, so I know at this point people are going, well, why wouldn't I just use my debit card? Because the the $1,000, I've got the $1,000 in my account and I just use my debit card. Because you need to have credit cards to build Build your credit credit score. And a lot of times you have to have that for renting cars, buying houses, buying cars. So this type of card, this secured credit card, it's, it's effectively... It's it's helping you build rebuild your credit. Rebuild or create a credit if you have no credit. Okay. And so it's a it's a helping thing. Thing. Yes. Yeah. It's a helping, helping card. Thing. It's a helpy card. Helpy card. Yep. And also there's a there's such thing as like the prepaid credit cards, which I think is great for kids and you load it on there and that's they don't have to be nagging you about Technically money for not movies. credit really because yeah. you you've already paid you basically pay for it up front. So. Yeah, it's like a gift card, essentially. Yeah. So, but that's great for kids. Okay, now let's get back to my positives. Because, you know, I love my credit cards. And I want everyone to feel positive about it. You want everybody to be comfortable with comfortable. it. Comfortable, yes. We don't ever. We don't want everybody to yield to the temptation. But we want you to be comfortable with it. It's not It's, it's not a bad thing. These, Despite the fact that I have said repeatedly over the course of this episode that they are the devil's card... <laughs> You know, there is a there there is a positive to it. So, you know, here's the positive part. Katie, yes. take it away. <laughs> okay, well, you got to read the fine print. And I feel like, Cora, here's your legal side coming out. Because so many of those legal documents, well, none of us ever read the fine print. We're just like, oh, yeah, I sign here. Well, yeah, but you know what? Every single one of those read the fine print documents is a contract. And it's binding. And courts have upheld it. So, yep. you know, you might want to read what you're actually signing on for. Because you can't just later on go, nobody reads that stuff. If you're in a court of law and you're trying to sue somebody and they're like, you can't sue me because it says so right here in this fine print, you're going to be like, but I didn't read that. Nobody reads that. And the court's going to be like, uh, guess what? That doesn't matter. You should have read it. A common theme across all of our stuff when we're talking about this is it's all about finding what's right for you. We said it's finding what's right, the stocks, the bonds, whatever it is, the investments that's right for you. The same applies with credit cards. You've got to find what is right for you. So you've got to not just look at the advertisements, the shiny little cute commercials. Look at what it is. It may say that it's going to promise you one thing. 
But read into it. What are the annual fees? Mm-hmm. You know, you really shouldn't have a car that has annual fees unless there is a good benefit towards it. Right. Like I have a Delta uh, Amex and it has an annual fee on there, but it gets me, when I can travel, it'll give me free bag check. And so I know that that's something that's important to me, that having that. But getting a card that has an annual fee that doesn't really benefit anything Stay away. There's other cards that do not have annual fees. So look for that first. Yeah, what is the point? of? I mean, if you're paying an annual fee, then like what are you getting fee. from that annual fee? Well, and American Express, membership has its privileges. Yes. That used to be their tag. I mean, American Express, member since whatever. American Express, membership has its privileges. You were paying an annual fee, mm-hmm. but... You know, you got benefits from American Express for paying that annual fee. Yeah, you've got to make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. Make sure that annual fee is worth the benefits you're getting. Okay, next thing to look at? Yeah. Interest rate. You have got to look at the interest rate and make sure you understand them. Yes. Well, okay, so... What I said earlier, you know, you 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 borrow the money, uh, you 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 use your charge card, you borrow the money, you spend a hundred dollars at the beginning of the month. At the end of the month, they say you spend a hundred dollars at the beginning of the month. You now owe us a hundred dollars. You have fifteen days to pay. As long as you pay it within that fifteen days, then all you have to pay is that hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But if you have a credit card that is charging you sixteen percent interest, and on day fifteen. You do not pay that $100 like you're supposed to. Whatever you whatever is left on your balance, they're going to charge you 15% interest on yep. that on that $100. So you're you're getting tacked on an extra $15 to the balance that you owe. If you if you started off with 100 and you, well, okay. If you started off with 100 and you don't even pay anything, then, then you get a late fee. Then you're going to get a late fee and you're going to pay and interest. interest. Yeah. And uh, that's just no bueno. You do not need to do that at all. Yeah. And listen, that, okay. So part of the thing that I said was, we keep saying, I've just been throwing 16% out there. I I think the national average credit card percentage rate right now is about 16%. But percentage, like the interest that they charge you can go as high as like 30%. Oh yeah. It all all depends. It does all depend. I'm not sure when you get in trouble with... There's a, okay, lawyer court says usury <laughs> laws are a thing. And so there's a maximum percentage that people can charge you in interest, but I don't know I don't I don't know off the top of my head where that where that line is. But we've been saying 16%, it can go higher than 16% and cash advance percentage rates are 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 generally on average they're going to be higher than just your credit card interest. So Mm -hmm. if you're getting, if you've got a credit card that's charging you 16% interest, then the cash advance advance is going to be like, no, it's going to be like 24% interest. So, I mean, you know, that plus fees, cash advances, that's, that's some, it's some serious stuff. And interest rates, they, they can kill you. Oh, I'll be real with you about this. Cause you know, we're, we're telling our personal stories. I have a target card. I just use it at target. I put a charge on there and kind of forgot about it. And it was, I don't know, like $40, $50 charge. And I missed the payment. I had a late payment. But when I went on there, not only did I have the late payment, 
that sucker had a 22% interest rate. So by the end of it all, I'm paying double pretty much for that one little $50 charge. Atlanta, so Katie. trust me, I have learned and that Target card, as soon as I purchase it, I'm setting a reminder, oh, pay the card, pay the card, pay the card. And as soon as it pops up, pay it. Yeah, when I, okay, so when we throw out numbers like a, a percentage rate, that, that's usually just a hypothetical. I'm not saying that that's the, the standard. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing There's something out there. There's a wide range. Yeah, you can get, I mean, you know, a lot of it's going to be based on your, your credit rating. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so it, it just, it is what it is. And it's something you need to look at if you do travel um, out of the country. Look at what the foreign currency is. and the, What is the exchange rate? What is the exchange rate? What mm. is the fee with using it on your credit card? And, um, you know, we don't recommend cash advances, but look at some of the cards if, you know, that's just, that's on there. Yeah, I mean, cash advances, I know that when you have a credit card that allows cash advances, sometimes you might want to... To, to use that and have that option to go take cash out from the ATM on your credit card. But they usually charge higher interest on your cash advances. They usually is the last thing that you pay off. Like if you've got all sorts of other charges on there, then you're, mm-hmm. and you pay and you pay and you pay. They're going to give you payment credit for all of your other charges before they credit you for your paying off your cash advance. And they charge you higher interest on your cash advance and so, you know, it's it's definitely something you need to, to keep an eye on. Yeah. But it's, so it's looking at everything and picking the right card that's for you. So are you someone who uses Amazon a lot? Well, an Amazon card that gives you Amazon reward points to spend on Amazon is great for you. Absolutely. Do you go to Disney? You know, maybe a Disney Visa. Do you want a card that does Katie, cash I'm back? I'm just guessing here, but do you <laughs> spend a lot of money on Amazon and or at Disney? A little bit. Because those were your two examples. Yes. Disney yeah, well, and or Amazon. Uh, yeah, I do. But but I make sure that I pay it off every month. It's too bad they don't have a Netflix rewards card. Oh, that would be wonderful. I would rock <laughs> that card up and down the coast. We want you to get these cards that are right for you, that are going to you know, give you something value. And it's one of the things that Court and I are actually talking about is you can have different cards for different things. Like I have a Target card. But I only use it on my target expenses to get that 5% discount and the rewards from that. So it is just for my target and that's what I use it for. And I go and shop at Target and then get in my car and as soon as the charge comes through, I pay it. And so use you can have different cards for different purposes. You can even use it to help you organize your expenses. So if say you have a side business, you could have a card that is just for your side business expenses. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got... As a matter of fact, I will tell you as a lawyer that you probably want to have a separate <laughs> card for your side business expenses because you want to keep those separate from everything else. Court's legal tips. <laughs> it's all about control. If you can control the credit cards and not let the credit cards control you, then you can really utilize them to their advantage. Take advantage of that other people's money. Take advantage of being able to buy things and not have to pay it off immediately, waiting until you have that grace period in to pay it off because you can get rewards from it. Instead of just going and buying your, you know, I don't know, you know, going to Malco and seeing a movie, instead of that charge just coming out of your bank account directly, you could earn some points towards buying something off Amazon. It also, again, from the from the from the bank card debit card perspective, with all of the security risks that are that cards have these days, it makes sense to not give somebody access to your personal checking account. 
And if you're using your debit card, then you're you're you potentially giving that number out to somebody who is trying to swipe your information and you're giving them access to your checking account or you can give them a credit card and usually credit card companies are monitoring for fraud and so forth oh, and yeah. you can dispute a charge and you can say no this wasn't me sometimes i wish i could say no it wasn't me but it was me <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's finding those things. They're not the enemy, but you have to be in control of your credit cards. You cannot let them control you and get underwater with credit card debt and just get so consumed with them. And that's where if you do, we, there's a debt calculator and it's that you make a chart and you've got list all your credit cards, list what the minimum payments are, list what the balance is on them and your interest rate. So tally up your minimum payments. Make sure you pay your minimum payments on every card every month. And then what money you have left, put it towards that highest interest rate card. Yeah, just people, to be clear, yeah. we're, we're, sorry, I, I want to jump in because just to be clear, we are advocating for credit cards for you. If you are a person that doesn't have any debt right now, then we are saying it is okay for you to have a credit card and use it and pay it off at the end of every month mm-hmm. and make sure that you do that. If you're getting to us late and you already have a bunch of credit cards and a bunch of credit card debt, then, you know, you're, you, you're, you, there is still a way for you to get out of that debt to, to help you build back up your credit rating if your credit rating is bad. And that's, that's what, that's what Katie's talking about now. So, so you've got these two different things. Credit cards are not bad. You can use them if you, if you want to remain pristine credit rating, you can still use a credit card. If you have a bunch of credit card debt, what you want to do is you want to have that chart like you're talking about. Yes. That lists out all the credits, all the credit cards, all the balances, all the minimum payments, all the interest rates. And if you want to try and pay those off, you're going to start with that highest interest rate credit card and pay it off first. Yeah. A lot of people think you go with the highest balance and try and chip away, but it's really, you've got to go with that highest interest rate. And we hear way too many horror stories of people going, well, I'm paying extra on my car payment or my mortgage, but then they're sitting there with $8,000 in credit card debt. And it's like, no, you've got to try and get this credit card debt that you're paying 17% interest on versus a fixed payment Mm -hmm. of your car and your house. But I owe $100,000 on my house. Well, guess what? It it, it doesn't matter. You owe $100,000, but you don't have to pay it. You're paying it over 30 years versus... A credit card, and you're getting charged 4% interest, 3% interest. I don't even know what mortgage rates are right now, but they're, they change every day, and they, they just get lower and lower and lower. Um, yeah, across the board, it's you pay your minimum payments on everything, but with, when you've got credit card debt, that is where you need to make sure that's where the extra money is going. And it's the highest interest rate first, and then go from there. Because you could just, I mean, you will destroy everything if you carry balances on these crazy 14, 17, 22% interest rates on these cards. And then you're really financing a, a Big Mac for 10 years. <laughs> and I mean, we, we didn't do the math, so we can't, we can't tell you for sure. But I'm pretty sure if you, if you did buy a Big Mac and, and you know, you, you could actually carry it out over years and years and years where you're paying... $100, you end up paying $100 for a $2 sandwich that's really only worth 50 cents. You know what I'm saying? Final nugget, people. We're going to throw it back to our vacation episode. 
Uh, credit cards are good, okay? Credit cards are not bad as long as you're responsible, as long as you use them, as long as you read the fine print, as long as you make sure that you pay them off, as long as you are making sure that you're not getting uh, absolutely killed with interest rates. They are perfectly fine and they are highly usable. We talked about it just a couple of episodes ago in our travel episode about using a credit card when you're on vacation because it's it's just simpler. So there are things, it's a convenience it can it's it's just like anything it, it it can be abused oh yeah you you know so there there is the danger there of some abuse but if you don't abuse it then it is it can be a great great tool and you are using other people's money for a month and a half yeah. you're using someone else's money for your stuff and that's that's fantastic just be responsible and make sure you're paying attention to to those payments and to that interest, uh, I feel like we've we. This has been, actually been a long episode. It's I was been a really, lot. I was wondering if we were going to be able to fill up an episode as much as we've talked about credit cards over the 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 whole course of this podcast. I was really wondering if it came down to an episode about credit cards if we'd have enough, but we ended up having more than enough. But for now, I think we're we're done. We need to sum this up. So, Katie, why don't you give me your bullseye? Bullseye, it's it's simple. Credit cards are something that you really can utilize. Make sure you're in control. Do not let them control you. And just think about it. It's other people's money. It is a loan that you don't have to worry about having that money in your back pocket at that moment. Utilize them. Find the card that is right for you or the cards that are right for you and your family. Okay, and so my bullseye is... We talked about credit cards. They are a temptation. They, they could be bad if you are a person who can't resist temptation, if you're a person who really, really gets into those guilty pleasures. But uh, if you can resist the temptation of charging huge purchases that you know you can't afford on your credit card, then they are a very helpful tool. You are using other people's money to build your credit score, which we've already told you is really, really important to have a great credit score, mm-hmm. or potentially to rebuild your credit score. If you've got a bad credit score, if you've made too many purchases on a credit card and you're trying to, to, to fix yourself, paying that stuff off, making those payments, making them regularly, making them on time and paying everything down, that does nothing but help. You're, you know, you're building that credit score back up and those are the keys. Follow the rules. Be careful. Be responsible. Resist temptation. Bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, there is the closing bell. You have made it through yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed what you've heard and you have not subscribed to us yet, please feel free to go to your favorite podcast service and subscribe. Also, if you would like to reach out to us on our or find out more about us or reach out to us, you can go to our website, which is bullcastpodcast.com. Leave a comment. Leave us a suggestion for an episode if you have a topic you'd like us to cover. Uh, And we are also available on Twitter. Our handle there is at bullcastpodcast. We're also available on uh, Instagram. You can check out some really horrible pictures of me on Instagram. (laughs) Our handle there is at BullCastPodcast. And finally, every now and then we do mention that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. You can find out everything you want to know about me and Katie, our amazing team, and our amazing boss at our website, PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That is advisors with an O. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it.